Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. Hallelujah, Lord, we need the joy of your presence today. We need the strength of your presence, oh God. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. He's got a message for us today in his presence. we just come to you, we open our hearts to you right now, God. Move on us in this time, in this, this moment where we're at right here today. Thank you, praise team, for leading us in worship. I sense his presence that is here. I've said it a couple times, but I want you to say this with me again, what's on our screen. screen there is joy in his presence. The enemy wants to to destroy your joy. He wants to take it away. He doesn't want you to have it because he realizes that the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many has ever quoted that verse before? We're going to get to that verse hopefully this morning sometime here soon. But there's joy in the presence of the Lord. You're going to have to forgive me. I didn't. I left my Bible on my desk again. When, you get, when you're running around doing different things, sometimes you don't carry it with you. I apologize. But I'm going to go ahead and say the declaration to the Word. If you have a Bible or you have a device that you're using as a Bible, go ahead and hold it up. Let's say it. I believe this is the Word of God. I believe it's fully the Word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's Word today. I'm alert. I'm listening and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful time we had last Sunday night. Last Sunday morning, the Lord moved, and I want want to preach that message again, but it flowed into Tuesday night. um, And God is doing something. Say with me, God has a plan, right? Let's do it again. God has a plan. And this year, he's laid out for us 
this theme that I'm, I'm getting more excited about every day, returning, refining, and rebuilding. How many is holding on to that? And I believe in these next 52 days, up to August 30th, if you were here last week, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, go back and watch. I believe God is going to be doing something marvelous. He's, he does something every day. How many is awake this morning and breathing, and you can say that God has touched you, and, and you have the Spirit of God living in you, but He has something, I believe, that He's going to pour out on this church. I, I'm believing it, and I'm expecting it, and I need some others to be believing and expecting with me, amen? So we're going to hold on to this. So today, I just want us to get into Nehemiah. Here's my goal. Here's how the Lord laid it out for me. I didn't know at the beginning of the year how it was going to turn out, but I know that we will, the Lord willing, I believe this is a plan, for us to get through the book of Nehemiah before the end of the year. It wasn't designed to be a study from first week to, set, to the end of the chapter right there. It was going to bring us through this year. How many knows that God is able to order our steps at the right time, at the right place, and he's, and he's shown that. Has anybody recognized? He has shown that. Last week was one of those moments. He just, at the right time. So I'm in chapter 7 today with you, and, and we're going to get into chapter 8. We're going to mix it together. And there may be going back into chapter 7 to pull out a few other things that have just been on my heart. So we're just going to take our time through this. But in the midst of it, the Lord also, he, he doesn't interrupt, but he intervenes, he leads, and he got it on us on a path of talking about his presence and actually merged the things together. And so we're, we're keeping the presence of the Lord. And you got to hear tonight, you got to hear, and because of some of the things the Lord has been putting in, it's coming out of things that we're studying, but it just has been revived again, that it's not going to be the programs that builds the church. We're talking about the church of the kingdom of God. It's about the presence of the Lord. That's why I want to linger and just sing whether what it sounds like. I want us to press in and sing. There's glory of the Lord in this place. His coming, His presence is here. His power is there. His healing is there. How many needs a healing touch from the Lord today. His presence is in this room. If you're watching online, you're not able to be here. And some of you are not able to be here. Sister Charlene is, is still not able to be here. We're praying for the, for the power of God to move right through where you're at and be there. He's able. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to do my best to get through this, this chapter. And if you read chapter 7, you'll see here in a minute, there's about 30 verses just with a lot of names. We're not going to read all those today. But there's a story that's here that we need to hold on to. So I want you, if you're filling out your handouts, uh, the top right-hand corner of our, our screen has the, the blanks for you. And I want you to say the, this with me to begin with. Stand guard and worship. Those are two things that we need to do together. Stand guard and worship. And a lot of times we talk about worship, but are you standing guard? Are, are you holding strong? Are you defending what God has put before us in this rebuilding. This, I'm, the Lord is speaking to me right now. If you look at this story, they're, going to, they're called to defend the wall that they just built. How many knows that God is building? We're talking about this year, rebuilding, right? We need some defenders in the rebuilding process. Defending what God is doing. De declaring that this is the word of the Lord. This is what he has given to us for this moment, for this season. And, and that we're, we're claiming how many believing for your prodigals to come home. Amen. Do you want them to come down to broken walls or restored walls? Uh, I believe the Lord is restoring the walls uh, that, uh, that, uh, that the enemy has been trying to do to churches all around. Amen. But we are still here believing that God has got a mission for the central church of God to reach 
to Harvest Field here in Portage, Lake Station, uh, uh, all the surrounding areas. God has a mission because your families live there and they need to hear the gospel and they need their lives changed. Amen? So our mission is to see the lost one. We're going to stay on mission. We're going to do it every way we can. And in the midst of that, we're going to worship because God deserves the praise and the glory. So let's get into this chapter. Then it was when the wall was built and I had hung the doors. When, listen to this. When the gatekeepers, the singers, and the Levites have been appointed. There's some defenders, the gatekeepers. There's some worshipers, the singers, and there's the priests, the Levites, that have been appointed. That I gave charge of Jerusalem to my brother Hananiah and Hananiah, the leader of the citadel, for he was a faithful man and feared God more than many. And I said to them, do not let the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun is hot. It was just talking about the time of the day. You're going to be on guard while they are on guard. Let them shut and bar the doors and appoint guards for among the inhabitants of Jerusalem on at which on at his watch station another in front of his own house is saying we need to watch the city i want to give you a couple of uh, points from a from a theologian david guzik he this is what he says about these verses listen the singers and the levites remember i'm setting this picture that the walls are built they're appointing gatekeepers singers and levites to be on site to guard to worship and to give uh, the, 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 the messages and the, and the sacraments, all these things that the priests do. And here's the worship is starting up again. Worship is moving forward. Uh, the building process is done. Now they've got to move forward in, in the calling. And this is what happens. The singers and the Levites, this is his words, were there to lead the people in worship. The walls were not rebuilt so the people of Jerusalem could look at nice walls. They were rebuilt so they could worship God with greater glory and freedom than ever before. We've got to keep moving forward. No matter how long you've been saved, you can be a better worshiper today than you were yesterday. How many believes that? How many wants to be better than you were yesterday? I'm not talking about a level of skill. I'm not talking about hitting notes better. I'm talking about the heart of worship. I, I want my heart to draw closer and closer and closer to God as I see his day approaching, uh, as I see him uh, getting nearer and nearer to bringing his church home, as I see my days are getting less and less on the earth and I'm getting closer and closer to eternity. I want to worship him. I want to be spent. I want all my life to be dedicated to him. Can you take some more? Listen, every victory in our life should take us deeper into praise. How many has had some victories in your life? Are you praising God for it? Are you, are you giving him all the praise that he deserves? You're like, oh, wow, I just got through that one. No, he deserves the praise, amen? If we are not praising God more and more deeply with each passing year, are we really having much victory? We should be giving him more praise this year than we did last year. We should give him more praise next year than we're doing this year. I want to keep drawing closer and moving closer to him and keep giving him more and more of me. Amen? Amen. Maybe we are making it through tough times, but coming out more bitter and sour than ever. This is not God's victory. His victory leads to a sweeter spirit. 
and deeper praise. And he's writing some good stuff. This is not me. I'm just reading to you, okay? One more. Can you get it? Christian life, often a victory, is won and later lost because there is no guard. An enemy may come in because we are not watching. Walls can be climbed if there's no one there to stop the enemy. But an enemy is easily turned back from a wall that is guard. Are you ready? You know the verse. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything flows from it. There's a lot of victories that Christians can win, but if you don't guard your heart, the enemy is looking for any place to climb over a wall, sneak in a crack, whatever he can find. But if, when we're on guard, when we're guarding our hearts, when we're guarding our, our life with the Word of God, hear me, church, today, we've got to be on guard. It, it's not just about how loud we worship, uh, how much we, we can pray. It's about guarding our heart and our mind with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. It's about protecting what God has given us and celebrating the victories and walking in Him. Last night, I, I was having trouble sleeping, so I, I thought I'd find something spiritual, and I looked up a documentary on John Wesley. That'll challenge you. A man uh, uh, known for holy, but it took him many years. He, he studied the Word and studied the Word, but it wasn't alive in him. It, it came to a place where he finally realized, I have faith in God, and, and God's real in my life. And it's, this is not just a, a religion, but this is a relationship. And, and he began to dedicate more and more. And so, Lord, help us realize that we have to be on fire for you and that we have to be committed to you completely. And that's the struggle with a lot of people. Because we have the busyness of life. We have the cares of this world. And if we're not careful, the cares of this world can, can, can dry us up. And that's why we need the Word of God fresh in us. That's why we need to come together to worship together. I just feel better after a few moments of singing God's praise. And, and then I'm open for His Word. But I feel good being in His presence. But we can't just live here. We can't just stay here. We've got to go out in the world. But we need to be refreshed here. We need to be revived here. We need to be charged here. We need to be anointed here. And, and we need to know that God is on our side. I want you to know this. And this is one of the messages of, of John Wesley that, that the people that he was ministering to, you got to realize they were low-class people, a lot of them. They, they were used in, in slave labor, and, and they had no self-worth. Nothing was given to them. They were, they were made lowly, and, and they didn't feel like they were even worth anything. But he began to preach the message that God has a plan for your life, and you're worth something, right? God has a plan for your life. Verse 4. This is talking about before the return of his presence. I'm going to jump back into something here in just a second, but I want to keep this flowing. Now, the city was large and spacious, but the people in it were few, and the houses were not rebuilt. The walls got built, the temple's being built, but the, the, the city itself is still in desolation. There's people, but not very many. Not as many that should be there. You remember the story, right? The Jerusalem, this is where they're at. They were taken out of Jerusalem. They were taken away because they were disobedient to God and God allowed the enemy to come in and sweep in and to destroy the place. But then God revived. How many knows that God's a reviver? 
And as they went back in and started rebuilding the city, this is the picture. The city was large and spacious, but there was very few people that were there. The houses were not even built. Then God, verse 5, then God put it into my heart to gather the nobles, the rulers, and the people that they might be registered by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of those who had come up the first return and found it written. Listen, what he was doing is like, I need to know who the people are that are here. It sounds like being known, noticed, and loved. He needed to know who was in the group, who came over the first time. You need to know in this room and those watching online and connected to our church, who's a part of our family here. We need to be known, noticed, and loved. And, and this is what John Wesley is trying to say that you have significance. And I want to let you know, every one of you in this room, you have significance to one another, to us, to the kingdom of God. You have purpose in your life. You're not on this earth. You're not walking this planet. You're, you're not here by accident. God has ordained that you be alive at this time. God has ordained for you to be alive at this season, at this moment, for this hour, for the, even though how rough it can be at times and, and the things that we see, but God has placed you here now, not with John Wesley, and you'll be glad because some of you may have been having some very, very, very hard jobs, and, and, they, and, they, and some of them, even if they lived at 30, were considered old because of how hard some of the work they were in. But God has put us in this place at this time, at this moment, in the cosmos of time that we don't understand, but it's not for us to understand, it's us to follow him and be used by him, but you have to hear. God loves you. If you're watching online, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He wants good things in your life. He wants you to be able to celebrate. The enemy wants you to not to have joy because when you don't have joy, you're discouraged and you bring everybody else down around you. But when you have joy, it's contagious. That's why the joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm not praying for a laughing service. I'm praying for a joyful service. I'm praying for the joy of the Lord to just to overwhelm us today. Verse 6, talking about the return then. Return to his presence. These are the people of the province who came back from the captivity. Of those who have been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away, and who returned to Jerusalem and Judea, everyone to his city. Those who came with Zerubbabel were, and then it just started listing a bunch of names. These are some leaders, but I highlighted one. One was Mordecai. Doing a little bit of research, trying to figure that is, is the same Mordecai that in Esther. And, and many of the theologians believe, even though he'll be very old, that it, this is probably the same Mordecai that was in Esther. And you remember, I preached on Esther a few years ago and probably preached on it, that book again. Such a powerful story there. But you remember, this is, the, again, some of the, the people that were in the Persian Empire that were being released over here. And so I just wanted to show you that significance there. And then if you read through, we don't have time today, but there's just giving a list of people and families and, and positions. And, and so we're going to jump down all the way to verse 70. And someone say amen, because that's like, you know, a lot of verses that we just skipped. Significant, though. Those names are listed, and they're important in the Word of God. But I also want to let you know, even though your name's not written in the Word of God, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? How many can celebrate that today? 
When you get to the bottom of that chapter, verse 70, I want you to think about this. Grow in generosity in his presence. Can't get away from that. Here's their response. Look, look, follow the story. They've been taken to captivity. Their city was destroyed. They're brought up in a foreign kingdom. They get favor to go back home to rebuild. And here's the response after they rebuild. Some of the family leaders gave gifts for the work. The governor gave to the treasury 1,000 gold coins. I'm reading now a New Living Translation to just make it more kind of relevant to our thinking. 50 gold basins, 530 robes for the priest. The other leaders gave to the treasury a total of 20,000 gold coins and, and some 2,750 pounds of silver for the work. It's generous giving, isn't it? For what? For the rebuilding of the city. Rebuilding of the houses. Rebuilding of, of Jerusalem that God is for God's people. The rest of the people gave 2,000 gold coins, about 2,500 pounds of silver, 67 robes for the priest. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and some of the common people settled near Jerusalem. The rest of the people returned to their own towns throughout Israel in October when the Israelites had settled in their towns. I wanted to go through that chapter kind of quickly, but didn't want to miss anything. But it leads us into chapter 8. This is the setting now. They've been back home. They became generous givers. They were worshipers. They were grateful to be back home. They were excited to see the wall rebuilt. They worked hard and they accomplished it in 52 days, a, a task that's unbelievable. But in the middle of that rebuilding, there was this opposition, and so they had to learn to work and fight and guard at the same time. And, and when the wall was complete, they were given this task. Don't let it just be destroyed again. You need to be on guard. We need to be worshipers. And, and I want to let you know this hour, we need to be on guard. The enemy, you've heard it many times, he's a stealer, he's a thief, he's a, he's a killer, right? He wants to steal kill and destroy we've got to be on alert we've got to be on guard guard your heart don't let the enemy settle and give and plant any seed in your heart that brings bitterness that brings offense you've got to be on guard in these last days God has a plan for us and I want to let you know there's power of the word in his presence and this is what I want to, us to settle on here the rest of this day Nehemiah chapter 8, just following after they've gathered. It says, now all the people gathered together as one man in an open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra, Ezra is one of the ones who left early to come back to Jerusalem, described to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. You're talking about the book of the law. We're talking about the, the first five books of the Bible. We're talking about the, the Pentateuch. We're talking about the, the Torah, right? This is the law that, of Moses. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Now listen, what group of people is he getting ready to read to? These are the ones that were in captivity. These are the ones that, that were 
basically being punished because of disobedience to, to God, and they got away. They were, they were worshiping false gods. If you watch the, the history of, and you walk through the Old Testament, you see all the major prophets and the minor prophets, and they kept saying there's going to be a day of the Lord if you don't turn, if you don't repent, if you don't get away from these false idols, if you don't, if you don't serve God, Jehovah only, there's going to be a day of judgment. And guess what? That day came, and so we saw the northern kingdom, uh, the southern kingdom destroyed first, and then the northern kingdom, or the northern kingdom destroyed first and then the southern kingdom we saw them taken into captivity right but God's wanting to bring them out he wants to restore and this is where we're at so they begin to hear the law again they begin to read that they may have understanding verse 3 then he read from it in an open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday you think I preach long before the men and the women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Listen, they were paying attention. What is God saying? So Ezra, the scribe, stood on a platform of wood which he had made from the purpose. And beside him at his right hand stood. And there's a list of, of leaders that were standing right there beside him. Nehemiah wasn't alone in this. To deliver the word, to know the word, to share the understanding of the word. I mean, you need to have understanding of God's word, amen? Isn't that one of the, the things that a lot of people use as an excuse? Well, I just don't understand the Bible, so I'm not going to read it because I don't understand it. Well, you'll never read it if you don't understand it. I mean, you'll never understand it if you never read it. I told you I was up a little bit late last night. You'll never understand if you don't read it. But that's why we have to have discipleship. That's why we need to have groups studying, talking together. One of the great things of John Wesley is not that he was trying to start a new church movement. He was, a, he was an Anglican uh, minister in the, in the Church of England. He wasn't trying to break away from that. What he saw, though, was that Sunday morning wasn't enough for people. They needed to get together. So he began to methodize, begin to put methods together of organizing people into smaller groups. And then those small groups would have even smaller groups, and those small groups have a couple even smaller groups because he said it's important for them to talk about the Word together, to, to pray together. You see, this, uh, this is, is about life living together, being known, knows, and loved, not on a Sunday morning only, but in the, in the day of the week and throughout that we're engaging with people about the Word of God. If the Word of God is only heard in your ears on a Sunday morning, you're, you're missing it. If you're only talking about the Word of God on a Sunday morning, you're missing it. There's joy that comes out. There's excitement that comes out. There's growth that comes out when we connect with somebody. And the day that we're in, we have a lot of ways to do that. It can be in person. It can be on a phone. You can FaceTime. You can Zoom. You can, you can text something. You, you, you can, there, there's, the Bible apps are so neat. The, the YouVersion Bible app, you can do a devotion with somebody, and you can put comments in. They can read it, and they can respond to your comment. We have a way to engage with others about the Word of God. We need to be excited about that. Have once more joy in your life. Then we've got to understand the presence of the Lord is not just in a, in a building, but it's in our life. When we have him in front of us at all times. Verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. 
you wonder why sometimes they ask you to stand and read in a word that's coming right out of here. They, they begin to give reverence to this word. This is not a new word. This is the law. Early in the history of Israel. But they got away from the word. They got away from serving God. That's what led them into captivity. And I want to say that right now. If you get away from the word of God, you'll be in captivity. If you don't keep the word alive in you, the enemy will bind you up. It's the word of God that sets us free. It's the word of God that gives us liberty. It's the word of God that, that, that gives us the strength. We have to have his word in us. We have to know his word. Love his word. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You wonder why we bow down at, at times. We need to humble ourselves before God. I don't know how you're going to respond in this altar service today, but I will let you know that there's freedom in this place. If you want to come and bow down, stand, whatever you want to do, we're going to give God praise and we're going to worship. He's a great God, amen? Hallelujah, we worship you. Let's just have a praise break right now. Lord, we worship you. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want all the breath in my lungs to give you praise this morning. Lord, I'm going to press in and shout. Has anybody got a shout today? Hallelujah, we worship you, God. We magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. When I read his word, I just get excited when I realize that how great he is. He deserves glory and honor. And it's okay to take a praise break in a message when he deserves all the praise. Lord, you deserve all the praise. Everything within me, God, I give you praise. I worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. They bowed their heads. They put their faces to the ground. Then the leaders begin to help the people understand the law. These leaders begin to share. They begin to unpack the word of God. This is what it means. And the people stood there in their place. So they read distinctly from the book and the law of God. And they gave the sense and they helped them to understand the reading. How many times is this saying this? We need to understand. I can't give a better plug right now to be a part of our Wednesday nights in August when we start doing Bible one-on-one again and Central Rewind. You're like, what's Central Rewind? Let me tell you real quick. I want to hear, not good job, Pastor. I want to hear this is what I took from the message. I want us to be able to talk about, I had this question. I want us to take a few moments and we talk about the message because God is doing something. This is what God was saying to me. And we talk about God moments for a few moments. And, and then after we get through that, then we jump into doing some lesson and we're going to talk about the Bible. 
We walked through the history right before our, our, our break time, and, and there's just some things, but we want you to understand why the Bible is put together the way it is and what each book means. We're not going to read through every book, but we're going to give a little bit of background so you'll have an understanding. What is the gospel? What, in the old, especially the Old Testament, you know, why was this written? It's important for us to know, and you'll grow in this as we talk about the Word of God together. It's not a college class. It's not an academic class. This is a biblical time together to know the Word of God. And we get it from right here. They gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. How many wants to understand what you're reading and what you're listening to? Amen? And Nehemiah, verse 9, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. Now why is that? Look at how they're responding. They're weeping because they realize when they hear the word of the Lord of the sins that they were in. They have a realization in front of them. We were taken into captivity because we were disobedient to God. We were, we were held bondage. We were treated as slaves. We, our city was destroyed. Every good thing that we had was destroyed because we allowed the enemy come in and deceive us. Our people, our, our fathers, our, our grandfathers, instead of saying what needs to be done and how to follow the Lord, they gave in. They began to worship false idols. This heaviness began to hit them. Now, I want to let you know, sin can hit you, and you realize how bad your past was and, and you begin to get discouraged and, and you begin to get depressed because of what you were in but this is a response of them don't weep, don't cry this is a day of the Lord and I want to let you know that God is a redeemer and he's the one who forgives he's the one who releases he's the one who restores you don't have to waller in the past you have been changed you want the word to convict you but don't stay in the dead of the past be alive right now because when you call on the name of the Lord. Can I read to you verse 10? And he says, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion to those whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter what your past has been. Some of you need to declare today, maybe watching online, maybe even in this room, I'm not going to let the past define me anymore. I'm coming. I'm not going to be in sorrow. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward, and I'm going to let the joy of the Lord be my strength. When I start getting discouraged, I'm going to find something that gets my spirit going. That's going to be the Word of God. I'm going to put on a praise song. Be careful what you listen to. Don't put on some sad music and get all down and uh, don't try to find something that's going to soothe you. I want you to get excited when you're down. Uh, sometimes we go the wrong way. Where I'm just kind of discouraged. I think I'll make it a little bit worse. Uh, I'll put on some Barry Manilow and just sit in the corner. And, and then I'm going to let you know, you need to put on the joy of the Lord is my strength. Uh, he's trading my sorrows. Amen. When we begin to have the joy of the Lord, uh, nothing can get in our way. It's not just working it up. It's knowing that God is on our side. Uh, it's not through, it's through the 
power of Jesus Christ is through the power of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. I know that you've heard that verse so many times, but you probably never really heard it in the whole context that it was given to us. Maybe so, I don't know. But we like to quote that all the time. But do we realize what was going on there? This was a people that went through years and years and years of falling away from God. And then the heaviness of the truth of why they were where they were became a realization. And they had to deal with that. Don't let the enemy bring back all up, bring up all of your past. He wants to do it. There's some people that are listening right now or watch us later. You'll get a victory, and then you'll have a moment, and you'll start remembering your whole past, and you'll get down. And the enemy's trying to remind you, but you've got to remind the enemy. I know where my future is. It's in Jesus Christ, and it's right now. It's not tomorrow. Refuse to live in your past. Someone needs, I don't know why I'm on this. Somebody needs to hear this today. That you can, you can, this is not just faking it. It's not just saying, oh, it never happened. No, it's under the blood of Jesus Christ. It happened, but now it's been forgiven when you confess your sins. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? And by being forgiven, it should put in you the motivation and the power to say, I'm not going back there again. I'm not doing that again. I'm, I'm going to live free in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I said it on the 4th of July. We talk about independence. But I don't want independence from God. I want my dependence on God. And he's going to give us a strength. Amen. So the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. I'm letting you know today we're in a holy place on a holy day. And God is sovereign. He's a forgiver of sins, the redeemer of souls. He wipes away our past and he puts us on the right path. Amen. God preordained foreordained all of us to walk in good works. And when we get off path and when we get our life back right in him, he gets us on the right track and he still has a plan for every one of your lives. Everyone who's watching, I don't know, it may not be for someone here today. Somebody needs to hear this word that God has not given up on you, but you've got to follow him completely. Completely. It doesn't even matter what yesterday looked like. Today is a day of the Lord, a day of salvation. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions, and to rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? That God is a God of mercy and love and justice, but he's also a holy God. That's one of the main messages of John Wesley, that we are to live and pursue holiness. We can't make excuses for unholiness. We're not going to live a religious life and say this is a whole list of don'ts. That's not what it's about. It's about pleasing God. I want to be consecrated to Him. I don't want to do anything that's not pleasing to Him. We say that at the end 
of every service, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, meaning the things that I want to do, the things I will act on, right? Isn't that what you act on is your meditation, what you're thinking? Let it be acceptable in your sight. I mean, I want it to be good. I want it to be, I want it to be pleasing to you. When we learn to please God, He's not wanting us to torture ourselves to please Him. He wants us to have joy. I mean, look at these verses. Go out. Go, it didn't say get drunk. Go out and celebrate. Eat sweets. That's go ahead and that's for the desserts if you like desserts. Go ahead and eat some sweets. Do, do something. Celebrate life. God wants us to celebrate. We believe in fasting. There's times that we will fast and we'll give up things. But we also know that the Lord wants us to enjoy this life. He's the creator of all things. He wants us to enjoy the fruit of this world, the, the pleasures of this world. Not the pleasures of sin, but the pleasures of his creation. If you want some joy, go out and explore something. Go out to Lake Michigan this afternoon and look over it and see the wonders of waters, that, how amazing it is. And, and go see the sand dunes that are, that are no place else like this in Indiana. And then go take a ride sometime this summer. Go down to the, the hills of Tennessee and see the, the mountains. Go out to the west and see the Rocky Mountains. Go across the sea and see the deserts. Uh, do you realize that God has created all these things not because he was bored, because he wanted to create something that would worship him and put people on a planet that saw that he is a creative God who is powerful over all things and he loves you and he knows who you are. Amen. So are you ready to do the Bible? Look at this this week. Matthew chapter 13 verses 18 through 23. Pray this. Lord, Help me to grow in your word that I might understand it so I can be a fruit bearer in fulfilling the great commission and making disciples so that they can experience the joy of your presence. Sounds like a pretty good prayer to work on this week. Say it with me. Lord, help me to grow in your word that I might understand it so I can be a fruit bearer in fulfilling the great commission and making disciples so that they can experience the joy of your presence. Let's look at a couple of verses. Matthew chapter 13, these are the words of Christ. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom... And does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives the seed by the wayside. It's important about understanding. We have to understand his word. Because if you don't understand it, you're just going to be tossed to the wayside. There's no root can take place. But he who receives the seed on stony places... This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. That sounds like a good person, right? But they're in a stony place. I mean, the, you're, he's trying to give a picture of the ground, the, the seaside, the, the side, it, it, nothing can grow there. The stony ground is, is hard. You can't grow what needs to be grown. The only thing that grows there is weeds. 
Yet he has no root in himself. This is a stony ground. There's no root in himself, but it only endures for a while. For when the tribulations or persecutions arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. This, the word that we believe in, if you live by it, you're going to be challenged by people the way that you live. If you live by the word of God, it's going to give you strength. But you're also going to be challenged because we're in a world that doesn't understand the word. You've got to grow stronger in the word so when you're challenged to defend the word, you can stand up and say, I'm going to stand. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E, some of you have been to vacation Bible school back in the day. Lord, help us. Now he who receives the word among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Don't let the cares of this world, don't let the love of money, deceitfulness of riches choke the word in your life. That's why being generous givers is part of that lifestyle as a Christian because I love how my pastor friend in Florida said it, and I shared it, I think it was last week, about giving tithes. It helps me to get past the love of money because I'm a giver. How many knows that when you give, though, God is able to bless back? Generous giving. And I keep saying that not because I'm trying to get your money. I'm trying to get your freedom you need to have freedom in life. God is a God who honors faithfulness. Last verse. But he who receives the seed on good ground. That's why we pray. Beginning of the message. Open my ears. Open my heart. I want my heart to be good ground for the word today. He who hears, receives it on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. It means we got to dig in. we got to keep trying to understand. Now, you're not going to figure out everything. There's some, some mysteries of the Word. It's like, I, just, I don't even understand that. What, this, what does this mean? But you, you know the, you understand, though, we can understand the Word of God for us today and what He wants us to know, that there's truth in Him and there's only life in Him. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. The picture is when we have hearts of good ground and we begin to understand the word, there's going to be fruit that comes out of it. When we have an understanding of the word, it's not just knowledge. It's not just a knowledge base. It's a faith base that's lived out because when I understand the word, I realize that I'm filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I might be a witness for Jesus Christ. It's not just having the knowledge of that but it's being a doer of that. I, I want to be a witness. When I understand his word that we've been given authority and we've been given power, that's not just a knowledge to have. It's an action to have in our life that we can walk under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, that we can, we can pray over those that are discouraged and they can have joy. We can pray for those who are lost and they can be saved. We know that God is on our side and he wants to use us because he has a purpose for our life 
knowledge. This is not just head knowledge. It's not just facts. This is, the, this is what we believe. This is our faith. Amen? Amen? We live out his word. As we praise him comes back. Lord, we thank you for this series that you have us in, this studying of your word. We thank you for the stories of old. We hold on to your word. We want your word to change us, move on our hearts. We want to have that first response like the people in Jerusalem had that that the word convicts, but then we want to have that change that we were supposed not to just be convicted, but we're supposed to be changed and celebrate what you're doing. Your word is like a mirror that we look into that shows us where we've been. It reveals the sin in our life. But Lord, you do that so we can change. You do that so we can make it right with you. So don't push away the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But I want to let you know when He moves on your heart, He wants to give you the victory to keep walking forward every day. Every day. You can walk into victory. Somebody needs to hear that today. Say it out loud. I can walk in victory. Say it. I can walk in victory. I can be holy. I can be sanctified. I can be on fire for God. I can do it. Just go ahead and say it to yourself. I can do it. Not in your own strength, not in your own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do this. Because He is a great God. I just feel this morning, as as you stand to your feet, with our eyes closed for just a moment, If you're here and you need to give your heart to the Lord, if you're watching online, my number's on the screen, reach out to me today. I want to pray with you. But if you need to give your heart to the Lord, if you just need strength, saying, I I just need to make it right with God. Is there anyone that just says, I need to make it right with God? Just raise your hand. Anyone? Here's what I want you to do. The rest of you that's in the room too. Let's just make this an altar of worship. Because this was the response, what they said. Don't grieve, but worship. Don't grieve. Now, this is not covering up. This is worship because I've been forgiven. Go ahead and say, I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been sanctified. I've been set free. I'm going to worship in that today. Great are you, Lord. Let's pour out our praise. Will you come and fill these altars and just give him the greatest praise that you can? Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. You're giving life. 